Hi there. It is Eric Erickson here. It is my show, and I am so glad to have you with me. I hope the weather is beautiful where you are. It is for me here, but gosh, it's gotten chilly. In fact, so I uh, went out this morning, got Chick-fil-A for breakfast, and on my way, my neighbor calls and says, do you have a uh, pressure gauge for your tire? And I did, and, and it broke. The, the little thing that, that pops out, it just shot off the thing, and I haven't gotten a new one. And same thing had happened to her. She said she was getting a, a low tire warning. I, too, was getting a low tire warning. Uh, and it's because of the cold. It's it's cold in middle Georgia and north Georgia. It's just it's chilly, which is great. But it does complicate things for bourbon and cigar nights on Sundays because I got to have the outdoor heater on, um, which is fine. And then eventually it gets so cold. You have to decide, do I really want that cigar or do I just want to sit on the back porch where it's warm? In any event, we must move on. I want to spend some time here talking to you about something that you're probably not going to get a lot of people talking about. In part, you're not going to get people talking about this because of the implications and the denials and the like. Um, I think this is a subject that we probably need to put more attention on and, and devote more attention towards over time. This is from the Financial Times. Here is the headline from the Financial Times. China tests new space capability with hypersonic missile. Launch in August of nuclear-capable rocket that circled the globe took U.S. intelligence by surprise. China tested a nuclear-capable hypersonic missile in August that circled the globe before speeding towards its target, demonstrating an advanced space capability that caught U.S. intelligence by surprise. Five people familiar with the test said the Chinese military launched a rocket that carried a hypersonic glide vehicle, which flew through low-orbit space before cruising down towards its target. The missile missed its target by about two dozen miles, according to three people briefed on the intelligence. But two said the test showed that China had made astounding progress on hypersonic weapons and was far more advanced than U.S. officials realized. The test has raised new questions about why the U.S. often underestimated China's military modernization. We have no idea how they did this, said a fourth person. Now, what are hypersonic vehicles? Let's first put this on the table. They are essentially missiles that orbit the Earth under their own, own momentum about five times the speed of sound. They're slower than ballistic missiles. But a ballistic missile, when it launches follows a parabola. It follows an arch, an arc in the sky, like a rainbow that arcs across the sky. And based on how the missile takes off and the arc, the parabola by which it is flying, you can guess fairly accurately where that nuclear missile is going to land. It's different with a hypersonic suborbital glider. So the rockets, the nuclear warheads, are attached to a glider. A rocket launches it into space. 
and under its own power, under its own momentum, it orbits the Earth. Well, when it orbits the Earth and it's going in, in orbits around the Earth, it has lost now that parabola. You can no longer guess where it's going to land. And then suddenly, the glide vehicle, which has wings and flaps, comes through the atmosphere, and it steers. It banks to the left. It banks to the right. It dives. It goes up. And then it launches the rockets. And it does so rapidly, five times the speed of sound, with no launch warning available because you're not seeing a ballistic missile via satellite. You're not seeing the ballistic missile. This thing is at the level of the satellite, so the satellites can't see it. And away it goes, and it launches its warheads. It helps them bypass missile defense systems. Now, I want to jump over to Klon Kitchen at the dispatch, and I want you to read along with me here. The capabilities that China demonstrated in August are not unique. The United States, Russia, China, and other nations have been researching hypersonic missiles for quite some time. The U.S. has been pursuing these weapons since the early 2000s. The Pentagon will spend $4 billion on hypersonic R&D in 2022. In 2019, Russia deployed a regiment of hypersonic nuclear-capable missiles. American officials have known Beijing is pursuing hypersonics and putting real money into these efforts, but we didn't appreciate the progress they had made. The appeal of hypersonics is that they're more likely to overcome strategic missile defense systems and to hit their targets with very little warning. As I mentioned, nuclear-armed intercontinental ballistic missiles, ICBMs, actually fly faster than hypersonic missiles. ICBMs fly 15,000 miles per hour. Hypersonics fly 3,600 miles per hour. But ICBMs fly a parabolic trajectory, makes it easy to predict and to intercept. Hypersonic glide vehicles, like the ones tested by China, are able to maneuver and change their flight path while going very, very fast. This makes them much more difficult to detect, to predict, and to intercept. Strap a thermonuclear warhead to one of these things and you got a problem. There's now reason to believe China may actually be leading the United States in the development of these weapons. While hypersonics are not the only way that China could deliver a nuclear warhead, they're a formidable threat in and of themselves and a potent reminder that American military superiority is not inevitable. Now, this is the other important part of this that we need to spend a few moments on. A growing consensus believes Western efforts to encourage democratic reforms in China through greater economic engagement has failed. Even more, there's a broader recognition that China's civil-military fusion and coercive economic, social, and political policies are becoming a direct threat to American citizens and interests. There remains a great debate whether the United States should view China as an ascendant power seeking to displace us or a peaking power already beginning its inevitable decline. Both views, though, argue China is a growing military threat for the next 5 to 20 years, either because it may believe itself to be militarily superior to the United States 
or because it senses that its opportunity to expand its influence is narrowing and it must therefore secure whatever advantage it can get now. It doesn't really matter for our purposes whether China sees itself growing or declining. You need to understand that. They're a danger to us, to our interests. Now we must revisit something. The little green men who keep visiting us, we don't know that they're little green men. The U.S. military claims the Air Force has caught on film objects of some kind. They move rapidly. They can pivot 90 degrees. They can descend from the upper atmosphere to the ocean rapidly and ascend again. Some of the references of what has been observed do strike people as something that sounds very familiar to old ancient sightings that have never been explained. And people think maybe maybe it is aliens. The more likely scenario is that the Chinese have leaped ahead of us. The more likely scenario is that China has developed drones capable of flying in ways that they couldn't if there was a human pilot, but since there's not, who cares? It can't be a coincidence that these sightings are happening at a lot of military installations around the world and pestering American sailors at sea. It just, it can't be a coincidence that that's where the sea. Now, I will tell you this. I had Mike Pompeo on a while back. He had been the CIA director before becoming uh, the Secretary of State, and he says that um, for reasons he can't go into, he does believe we're still technically ahead of China, and he does believe that there are some explanations for these vessels we have seen, but some of them still lack explanations because they seem to defy the laws of physics as we know them. And I take him at his word on that. I also have had conversations with people in the military who tell me that we are reporting the encounters, but that other countries, including China, are experiencing the encounters that we're experiencing. And if China is encountering the same objects, then perhaps it is not China. There is a problem, though, that has not been very widely reported. During the Obama and Trump years, towards the end of the Obama administration in particular was the height of it. There was an incursion into our military databases and intelligence databases from abroad. It appears to have been the Chinese and Iranians working in concert. Our spies around the world are being assassinated. That was the information hacked. They got into intelligence databases that were online and accessible behind firewalls that listed our spies abroad. 
There are various types of intelligence. Signal intelligence and human intelligence are the two most common. Signal intelligence, we eavesdrop on communications. Human intelligence, we actually have spies on the payroll. China and Iran appear to be murdering, assassinating our spies. So maybe China has leapt ahead, having killed our spies, we don't know. That seems very likely. But also, it seems very likely that China has a lot of other problems. If anything, uh, my working theory is that the reason Xi Jinping, the president of China, is doing what he's doing militarily has a lot to do with trying to distract the domestic problems of China, trying to distract the people of China have become deeply nationalistic in the last decade or so. The Communist Party there has worked and indoctrinated kids in schools to become deeply nationalistic. And uh, as they do so, it's easier to turn them on other countries as the situation in China deteriorates. He blames the United States. In fact, hang on a second. Uh, I think Philip or Charlie one in uh, show prep found me an article. Uh, where is this? Yeah, uh, Philip found this one. A Chinese propaganda film is the bestseller in China. It's set to become a a box office phenomenon, the highest grossing film ever. The Battle of Lake Changjin, funded by the Chinese government, debuted on the eve of a national holiday, and it's about the defeat of the U.S. Army by China. It's a propagandistic film. It seems very clear where China is headed. But the question is, are they ascendant or are they descending and trying to stave off the inevitable. And here the phone number is 877-97-ERIC, 877-973-7425. Okay, Uh, let me me take these views. Um, There is one in Foreign Policy Magazine, and the headline is China is a declining power, and that's the problem. The United States needs to prepare for a major war, not because its rival is rising, but because of the opposite. Why do great powers fight great wars? The conventional answer is a story of rising challengers and declining hegemons. An ascendant power, which chafes at the rules of the existing order, gains ground on an established power, the country that made those rules. Tensions multiply, tests of strength ensue, The outcome is a spiral of fear and hostility, leading almost inevitably to conflict. The growth of the power of Athens and the alarm which this inspired in Sparta made war inevitable, the ancient historian Thucydides wrote, a truism now invoked ad nauseum in explaining the U.S.-China rivalry. The idea of a Thucydides trap, popularized by Harvard political scientist Graham Allison, holds that the danger of war will skyrocket as a surging China overtakes a sagging America. Even Chinese President Xi Jinping has endorsed the concept, arguing Washington must make room for Beijing. As tensions between the U.S. and China escalate, that belief that the fundamental cause of friction is a looming power transition has become canonical. The only problem with it is it's wrong. There indeed is a deadly trap that could ensnare the United States and China, but it's not the product of a power transition. 
It's best thought of as a peaking power trap. If history is any guide, it's China and its impending decline that could cause the problem. China, in fact, has a number of issues whereby it uh, looks like it could be declining. Now, there is an alternative view. You should know that China is surging and China is dominant, and that's why China all of a sudden feels emboldened to go after Taiwan. They view us as weakening, and they think the time is right for them to assert themselves on the world stage. But let me give you some interesting data. This is from Insider. One-fifth of homes in China, at least 65 million units, are empty. The amount of empty real estate is enough to house the population of France. If you drive an hour or two outside Beijing or Shanghai, you'll find something odd. The cities are tall, they are modern, they're in good condition, and they're empty. These are China's ghost cities. Their existence is well-documented. In a prominent example, 60 Minutes ran a 2013 segment on China's ghost towns that opened with correspondent Leslie Stahl on a major road at rush hour with barely a car in sight. But as China's real estate market has gotten to the forefront of the global conversation with Evergrande's $300 billion debt looming large, so too have ghost cities become a renewed source of interest. While they're a testament to China's reliance on real estate as a driver of economic growth and in its belief in the sector as a safe investment, their exact quantity is hard to define. There are entirely vacant cities in China. But wait a second. There's something else going on as well here. A number of banks in the West are starting to devalue China. Its currency is is going down. Its uh, economy is starting to go down. They're having cascading effects in China over their economy. So all of this is happening as China is trying to be dominant. CNBC has tracked China's 2021 gross domestic product forecasts for more than a dozen banks And they're all putting them on the decline. China's going into an economic slowdown all of a sudden. It's got to find some way to pick up the economy again. Hi there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. If you would like to be a part of this here program, I've got to touch on a, a, well, it should be a dangerous subject with any of you. If you're just joining me, I've been talking about China. And is China... Uh, in decline or ascendant. Either way, it makes China dangerous. My suspicion is I'm in the decline camp. Uh, I don't think China would be suppressing so many people if it was ascendant. I think there are internal problems, economic and social problems in China Uh, that make it harder for the Chinese uh, Communist Party to maintain control. But there's another aspect of this we should talk about. American corporations have been investing a lot in China. 
I dare say, had American corporations invested as much in the United States as China, we wouldn't have the supply chain crisis we currently have. But to be fair, we would have much higher prices for goods and services uh, than we do because we outsource so much to very be made cheaply in China. It has come with trade-offs. Now, listen, I, I, I don't have a problem with the free market. In fact, I'm a big advocate of the free market. It has improved the lives of billions of people. Capitalism has lifted more people out of poverty than communism ever will. And we've been able to get uh, goods cheaper, mass-produced goods cheaper and of good quality typically by relying on other countries to manufacture those goods. Gone are the days of an industrious United States where people are working in steel mills. That's just a reality. I'm sorry. Uh, Some people long for the good old days. They weren't as good as people mythologized them. At the same time, uh, they raised costs. Things are cheaper now in part because of our offshoring. And I don't have a problem with that. I do have a problem, however, with this. A lot of American companies didn't just get stuff manufactured in China for us. They want to be players in the Chinese market. Disney wants box office revenue from China. Disney wants to be there. The result is that Disney and its subsidiaries, ABC, ESPN, and the like, they have turned a blind eye to human rights abuses in China. They've turned a blind eye to persecution in China. They've turned a blind eye to concentration camps in China. That's a problem. LinkedIn is the latest. LinkedIn is owned by, I think, isn't LinkedIn owned by Microsoft now? I think so. Subsidiary company. And LinkedIn was having to block reporters in China because LinkedIn wanted access to the Chinese market. And LinkedIn has finally decided to scrap its China plans because of that. Facebook is another good example of this. Facebook is a company that made inroads into China And then the Chinese demanded access to Facebook's data and servers, and Facebook refused. So China threw Facebook out of China. They were allowed into Hong Kong because Hong Kong had a different uh, governance system. But as the Chinese have now cracked down on Hong Kong, Facebook's having to leave Hong Kong because they're not willing to give China access to their servers where the Chinese could then use Facebook's algorithms to spy on their people and uncover the closet Christians and and folks like that. Facebook had to bail. Apple is desperate to expand in China. Apple is a trillion-dollar, multi-trillion-dollar company at this point. And to keep making the money Because it's so big, if they want to keep growing, they've got to expand into China and India. In China, Apple has purged Quran and Bible apps from their app store because the Chinese government told them they had to. If you are in China using Apple products, you are forced to use servers that are housed in China 
where the Chinese communists can spy on people and have access to those servers. Nike is willing to lecture Americans on social justice and hire Colin Kaepernick. But Nike bends over backwards in China to placate the Chinese communists. The NBA and its all-stars want to lecture Americans on civil rights and then have no opinion on the Chinese ruthless persecution of its own people because they're making billions out of China. At some point, American companies have to pick. At some point, American companies are going to have to decide, am I American or am I not? You can't be globalist. You want to be globalist, but you can't be. Wisconsin Representative Mike Gallagher is on the Armed Services Committee in the House. He issued a statement. We know from a recent Washington Post report that uh, Fithium, a Chinese company thought to be the maker of the nation's hypersonic missiles, used American-derived technology to power a military supercomputer that models hypersonic flight. As a result... U.S.-derived technology produced by TSMC, a Taiwan-based semiconductor company that uses American cutting-edge chip designs, still enables Fidium's malign work. This needs to change. American entities have a clear choice. They can side with our country or they can side with the genocidal communist regime that now threatens our cities. They can't do both, and it's time to choose. This is uh, from Klon Kitchen again of the Dispatch. Microsoft's Beijing-based Research Asia Lab is the company's largest outside of the United States, and it's credited with being, quote, the single most important institution in the birth and growth of the Chinese AI ecosystem over the past two decades. Beijing's near total control of public and private research and data within its own borders, including every bit and byte of data generated by Western companies operating in China, means the Chinese military is able to leverage this information for its own ends. It's time for American companies to pick. Some of them are not going to pick us. Some of them are not. That's just the reality. Some of them are so woke. And and let's be clear here. One of the things that's happening is some of these companies have so many progressives who have uh, ingested hate for their own country, they would be happy to go with China. But American companies got to pick a side at this point. This reminds me, Jin Psaki was asked about China and the hypersonic missile. Listen to this. Can you comment on reports that China tested a nuclear-capable hypersonic missile over the summer to the surprise of U.S. officials? Are these accurate, and do these raise concerns about China's nuclear capability? Uh, well, I know General uh, uh, Secretary Austin, I should say, uh, was asked this question this morning and addressed it, uh, but I'm not going to comment on the specific report. I can say and e- would echo what he said, which is generally speaking, we've made clear our concerns about the military capabilities that the PRC continues to pursue. 
uh, and we have been consistent in our approach with China. Uh, we welcome stiff competition, but do we not? We don't do not want that competition to veer into conflict, and that is certainly what we convey privately as well. So Jin Saki, the White House press secretary, says we welcome competition with China in the military. We just don't want it to turn into an armed conflict, but we welcome competition. And then there's the secretary of what is it, energy, I guess, Secretary Granholm. Listen to this. You know, we've got a global problem and China is a big contributor to that. We are, too. And but we don't have much um, moral authority to say you should be doing this if we're not taking action and deploying the technology that we need to deploy on climate change. Now, our emissions have gone down year over year. China's have not really. Seems like we do have moral authority to say something. But when you've got a White House messaging team that says, oh, we welcome the competition from China on a hypersonic missile capability. And a secretary of energy say, we we don't really have any moral authority to talk China about anything. You, You don't have good leadership on this issue. You also, by the way, have Joe Biden's son has business interests in China. It's amazing to me, uh, what's his name, Uh, Schreckinger, he's a reporter for the Politico. He has started covering the Biden family business deals, things that conservatives were pointing out for a while. And in fact, that got blocked, the New York Post from Twitter by pointing this stuff out from Hunter Biden's laptop. I want to play you this. This is, this is, I forget the guy's first name, uh, Schreckinger. He's a reporter for the Politico. Listen to this. The big things that was sort of consistently surprising to me as I was reporting uh, on the Bidens, both for Politico and in the course of researching this book, uh, were the the number of business dealings that relatives had over the decades that raised uh, questions at the time or are raising questions now about possible conflicts of interest. Uh, and I thought it was it was worthwhile and fascinating to sort of integrate uh, what I was learning about some of these more sophisticated business dealings with the sometimes folksy image that we have of Joe Biden and his family. The folksy business image, the, the potential conflicts of interest, all the, you know, conservatives warned everybody about this. It's not just that Joe Biden's son has business dealings in China. It's that Joe Biden's advisor, including Ron Klain, have ties to think tanks that are deeply embedded within China and, and Chinese money. This is not to say, and nobody hear me say, I think these people are working for China. I don't think they are. What I think is happening, though, is that they have uh, been fed a propaganda campaign by the Chinese, and they think the Chinese are wonderful. And, oh, if only you Hicks and Rubes and flyover country were as enlightened as, as us, you would know that the Chinese are no threat and they mean us no harm, which is garbage. But this is where we are. This is This is where they are. This is the problem is I don't think that this administration, one, because of Biden family business dealings, and two, because of the uh, people he's surrounded with who look fondly at China and China's ability to get stuff done, I don't think we have a clear picture of the threat that China's becoming. And again, it doesn't matter whether China is ascendant or descendant. Either way, it makes them a threat to us. And we don't have an American military, an American intelligence apparatus, or an American president who seem up to the job of dealing with China right now. Our intelligence was completely caught off guard. In fact, China came out and denied it had launched a hypersonic missile. Everybody knows it did. And our intelligence apparatus is like, well, all of our spies are getting killed 
because the Chinese hacked our servers and, and found out who our spies were. So we don't know. We, we don't have any way of knowing what's going on over there. That's a real problem. And it's one that no one seems to be taking seriously in Washington, D.C. or funding. The Democrats' proposed budget would barely increase the military budget over the next 10 years while increasing domestic spending about 15%. They are asleep at the wheel. They do not realize that China's a threat or worse. And I actually think it's the worst case scenario. They think there's no way to stop China. They themselves have given up on America. And because they've given up on America, they're setting policy based on China's going to be dominant and we can't stop them. We can if we put our mind to it, but they don't want to. That's sad. I'll tell you what else is sad. is Some of you have not taken advantage of the great deal from Eden Pure with the Eden Pure Thunderstorm, the air purifier. This sucker works so well. And this it is, it's a small hold-it-in-your-hand air purifier. It's bigger than your hand, but you can hold it in your hand. It's very light, very portable. I've started taking them when I travel for rental cars and hotel rooms and the like. They not only get the dust out of the way, but they also can wipe out uh, the odors. You, you got musty odors. You got cigarette odors. You got pet odors. It can wipe those odors out. It does a very good job. Uh, it also takes care of the mildew, the mold, the bacteria, the pollen, the dust that's floating around, and it's filterless. You don't even have to get a subscription to filters. You just wipe this thing out on occasion. And right now you can get three of them from Eden Pure. You go to EdenPureDeals.com. You click on my name, Eric Erickson, and you will see the Eden Pure Thunderstorm 3-pack. You can get three of these things, three, and save $200 and get all three of them for less than $200, and you get free shipping. It's a great deal. EdenPureDeals.com. Click on my name. Get the Eden Pure Thunderstorm 3-pack. Put it in your cart. Check out. You'll see a discount box. You put in Miracle of Miracles. You put this in. Eric 3. E-R-I-C-K 3. No space. You use the number 3, not write out the word 3. Eric 3. You click apply, and you will save $200. You will get three of them for less than $200, and you'll get free shipping. Incredible deal. Clean the air. Get rid of those odors with the Eden Pure Thunderstorm. Hi there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-97-ERIC, except it's too late for you to call in now. My call screener's already fled the scene. (laughs) It's okay. It's all right. We'll allow him to go away. Uh, Washington State has fired its football coach. LSU has fired Ogeron, uh, you know, so they did it. I think LSU rushed out and did it as quickly as they did. They're leaving him on until the end of the year, but it gets them at the top of the picking order for people who are interested in maybe perhaps becoming football coaches. Uh, you're going to have uh, LSU. You're going to know immediately that there's an opportunity there, but that's not why the Washington State football team has fired their football coach. No, 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 They fired him because he's not vaccinated not vaccinated. Is that not the craziest thing? Not vaccinated. Uh, so they fire the football coach. That That's that's frustrating. Uh, and we're going to see more of this. I got to I gotta imagine, y'all, this gets to, to Terry McAuliffe and what's happening in Virginia. I think that the Democrats are in a real bubble And they're surrounded by so many sycophants in the media who agree with them that they don't realize the backlash that's coming. And in so doing, 
they are provoking people to respond even more furiously next year in the midterm elections. Because if you've lost your job because Joe Biden has told you to get vaccinated or else, you're going to be furious. And that's not an issue that's going to fire other people up to go vote unless the Democrats can try to turn this around on you and the GOP. You see, Democrats aren't going to have an agenda to run on next year. If the Virginia, if they lose Virginia, they've lost all momentum for reconciliation. And even if they do pass it, they're not going to have a lot in it. It's going to be so dramatically different from what they originally promised. They're going to have to find a bad guy to run against. So they're going to try to make it Trump and the GOP. Now, remember in Georgia, in the January runoff after the November election, there was a six-point swing in the suburbs of white voters back to the GOP when Trump was off the ballot. So I don't know that making it about Trump helps unless Trump himself interjects, and he's going to. Maybe they can capitalize on that. I just don't think they can. I think the voters are focused on supply chain shortages, the virus, the economy, inflation, and none of those things are Trump. They're all Biden. So what if the Biden administration tries to make the unvaccinated the bad guy? They've already been trying this. And I suspect we're going to see a renewed push to make the unvaccinated the bad guys. So that Joe Biden can say, hey, all these problems, they're not my fault. It's the unvaccinated people's fault. You already had the assistant secretary of the Treasury say the supply chain shortage will continue until everyone's vaccinated. They're trying to do that as a political strategy because it's all they've got, pitting Americans against Americans for 2022.